Hello. Andrew. Hi, Emmett. How are you doing? Good, good. Hello, everyone out there, and welcome to the Digital Growth Show. If uh, this, if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, thank you for, for kind of spending the next uh, hour and a bit, although we always try and clip it at 45 minutes. It usually kind of pushes, uh, pushes through that. And if obviously uh, you've joined us before, welcome back. Happy to, happy to have you. Uh, and obviously, if you're watching a rerun, even, um, the timing is a bit relevant, I suppose, if you're watching a rerun. But uh, welcome to Digital Growth Show. How's, uh, how's your week been? Yeah, really good, actually. Busy. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it feels like um, normal life is kind of resuming again after, after the challenges of the last few months. So, so, yeah, pretty good. What about yours? Yeah, good. I'd say um, kind of been out more um, in, in more meetings this week, physical meetings, even though obviously physical meetings are this far apart. Um, I'd say the, the most interesting thing to um, change behaviour is the shaking of hands. Because um, as much as that doesn't happen in other parts of the world, I've been shaking people's hands for the last 20 years. So it feels very strange not to uh, kind of shake hands. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, I think that's that's one of the things, the nuances now of, of working. Yeah, there is that sort of uh, uncomfortable moment when you first see someone and, and you're not <laughs> yeah. quite sure whether you should be shaking hands with them or not. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think as, 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 as guys like a fist bump is working quite a bit. I've had some people offer up their elbows, which I'm not sure about that because that still feels like you're breaking a two meter rule at that point. Uh, your elbows are definitely shorter than, you know, reaching out with your fist. But yeah, uh, yeah I guess I guess that would be uh, as, as we meet more people, more people will come accustomed to it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, actually, I'm just trying to work out whether kind of business cards are deemed sort of sterilized enough to hand yeah. out because I've not, I've not, I've not met anyone I don't know yet. So, um, yeah, so that I, might I, kind of prove actually interesting. Actually, I have. I met someone oh, really? okay. and uh, okay. I didn't even, I didn't even offer up a business card. So yeah, I, I imagine if you're in the business card game at the moment, you you're probably uh, panicking a bit. Um, you know, perhaps finally it's that people have been trying to push that digital card for years, right? Oh, this yeah. is your all in one digital card, no need for business cards. So perhaps they, they're rubbing their hands at the moment, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, LinkedIn, yeah, I think, I think, usually. That's what I say. Find me on LinkedIn. That's right, yeah. I think I think they're either panicking at the moment or innovating, but I'm not sure there's many kind of sitting in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, cool. I should have so, said as well, this is the yeah, um, third, third episode in the series. So this is our kind of final final cut, as it were, on the HubSpot trilogy. Uh, this, this, obviously, we'd been speaking previous weeks about uh, HubSpot and the kind of power of it and we decided to dedicate the last kind of two weeks to uh, that really and, and obviously when we're talking about something a lot um, you know it's better that we explain it a bit more in detail so we had the uh, sales uh, kind of components uh, at the first week second week was very much based on marketing and obviously this week we are talking service right absolutely yeah and I think it's well yeah I mean it's quite interesting I yeah um... Obviously, you know, I share with the family, uh, you know, what, what we're going to be talking about in the show yeah. and, um, and was told very, you know, very politely by my 11 uh, year old daughter that um, service is really boring and it's not as exciting as maybe have a CRM or marketing sound. <laughs> so, um, so, so potentially where, you know, I, I genuinely feel as if we're leaving almost the best till last. Um, <laughs> however, 11 year old kids out there, like, 
you know, clearly disagree. Yeah. So um, the, the razzmatazz that is service, or I guess customer. I mean, I think if we reposition it as customer, and and obviously looking look at that model. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we won't bore you. <laughs> no, exactly. I guess you've got a choice. You can, you can click stop and you know delete the file, or you can you can uh, disconnect as it were. Yeah, I, I did. I did find myself doing a bit of a sales pitch. So um, you know, kind of like trying to con trying to convince her that no, no, service measurement is like super exciting and it's so important. And uh, that's it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not we, sure if it works, but at least I've at least I've practiced for today. So <laughs> let's see. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Yeah, we can uh, we can definitely do that. Well, we can see. I mean, everyone's a critic, right? Simple as that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think uh, we know that anyway. But uh, awesome. yeah, all good. Awesome. So um, yeah, wonderful. So guys, I just want to throw this out there. You're laughing at the same thing I am. No, yes. We just we just had a comment telling us we talk too much and we need to start with the main topic. So yeah. uh, thank you for joining our free show and giving us our worldly advice. Thank you. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah. Um, so, um, I guess, uh, you know, I guess, Andrew, I think what's, what's kind of important when we talk about kind of service measurement um, and, and things like that really is how this kind of fits within that sort of HubSpot ecosystem. Yeah. And obviously, like you mentioned, this is part of obviously your kind of, you know, HubSpot trilogy, I guess. Um, so, you know, I think let's kind of refresh ourselves and I'll just share my screen for a second and just um, let's go back to... Let's go back to the flywheel. So we, we spoke about this last week, and I guess why it's important to kind of mention this again is just obviously there might be people tuning in today who didn't tune in before, uh, yeah. but also um, just to really show how service sort of integrates with HubSpot's ecosystem. So yes. that kind of, you know, the flywheel uh, image that's, you know, on the right hand side of your screen right now. Uh, this was something that, you know, Brian Halligan, the uh, CEO of HubSpot, one of the co-founders, he launched um, about just over a year, year and a half ago, I guess. Um, you know, at, at one of their events, and what he what he was saying is like the old model of the funnel was, you know, maybe not applicable in today's business world, right? He said customers were almost too far down the the funnel and and, and in levels of importance, um, and instead, where they should be is right in the center of all of the activity that a business needs to follow, right? And, um, and and so obviously with this flywheel, what he's what he's done here, uh, more HubSpot have since um, you know been using as a real kind of model um, when going out there and, and promoting their services and the, and the platform itself is is to show that customers are at the heart of marketing, uh, you know maybe to generate leads, sales yeah. when obviously we're we're trying to you know close a client or a customer, and then obviously once a client is uh, closed and becomes a customer how that operational element in terms of service is then applied, right? Yes. So, um, so I, think, I think it's quite interesting in terms of, you know, how this kind of fits in. I think it makes enormous amounts of sense. Um, and, and like I said, you know, customers at the heart of this really kind of allows us to, to kind of understand HubSpot's methodology, which is that they want to really kind of help companies to grow better. And in HubSpot's world, you know, how they kind of uh, imagine this playing out, and, and it does. I mean, we've got data now to prove this as well is that when you do have full alignment between marketing, between sales and service, um, you do really start to see real kind of company growth, right? And I think that's, yeah. uh, and, and, and the beautiful part of all of this with platforms like HubSpot is this now becomes much more measurable, right? Companies can start to understand exactly how this plays out. Exactly. So, yeah, so I guess what I wanted to show and ask you, Andrew, is, is when we're talking about this, you know, what is it we're talking about? Is it, is it, are we talking about kind of, 
you know, service being uh, for retention or is it is it being for kind of referral? You know, what, what, yeah, what's I think, your um, opinion? It's, uh, I mean, first and foremost, it's a, it's, it's a kind of huge umbrella, isn't it? Right. So, you know, as far as customer service, customer satisfaction, uh, moving into customer retention, customer referral. So I think the even when you and I were kind of prepping for the show, um, you know, you, you're kind of pulling in various elements of what is uh, what is customer service? You know, what's important? Where does that lay down as far as, OK, retention of existing customers, retaining those and then gaining referrals and, and almost, you know, this this at this time. Um, is, is even more crucial um, to kind of success of, uh, you know, continued business. So I'd say, yeah, it's, it's, um, they're, they're equally, equally as important as it were. Yeah. And I think, I think there's obviously kind of a number of reasons for this, but, you know, I think, I think referrals and, and reviews and, and all things like this have been kind of really, really important, right? Because I guess, yeah. you know, with, with, uh, with technology, with, you know, people kind of walking around with multiple devices, it's now pretty easy to work out whether this is a company you want to work with or not, right? Is it, whether it's a, yeah. you know, a company you want to make a purchasing decision from. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, and I guess all of that sort of plays into the same hands because if you are getting, you know, kind of really strong, um, you know, I guess customer feedback or, or whether you're just, you know, maybe you're not even getting any feedback, but you're just looking after your customers really well. You know, a byproduct of all of this now are things like referrals and, and reviews, right? Online reviews. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think I think I agree with you. I think it's I think it's really important. I think what's probably more important in in some respects, and I guess it depends whether it's B two B or B two C. And I think that's that's something that we need to look at. You know, I guess in the B two B world, where perhaps you've got a, you know a fewer number of customers, retention, I guess, becomes even more important at times like this, right? When when there's yeah. kind of you know business challenges that people are facing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, I think um, you know, and and also I think when when people are making you know tough decisions, perhaps budgets are being squeezed, um, and people are looking to acquire new business, um, you know that referral play really comes into comes into uh, kind of vision because essentially there's there's a nervousness associated to trying new things. Sometimes people are almost being forced into trying new things, right, at the moment because of the current situation. Um, and obviously, you know, change. Everyone has changed, so. If, if there's an element where, oh, you know, I've worked with this organization, I've worked with these individuals, um, and you've got that solid referral, uh, this starts to play a, a key part. And even to be fair, as you mentioned, things like reviews, um, where they're not necessarily a direct referral, but it's a group of individuals that obviously have, um, you know, a, a similar uh, similar kind of champion, as it were. Yeah, you should work with uh, company X, they're, they're, they're better than company Y, or I've worked with company X for the last three years. You kind of take these on board, similar to things like cluster, uh, customer testimonials as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when we're talking about reviews as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Actually, I'm just going to stop the share for a second. I think while we while we, while we kind of load up the next part, but guys, um, you know, just a reminder that this show is kind of you know very interactive, and please do send sort of questions and comments and things like that through as well. Um, again, it helps us kind of direct some of the conversation. You know, this isn't a scripted show. So, you know, we want to really kind of provide as much kind of value back. Uh, so, you know, so please feel free to to kind of participate as well. Um, Andrew, We've got some quizzes though today as well, right? We really want some participation. We do. We, we, we really Although have, we've, called it, we've called it a quiz and I don't think we have a prize. Um, so I'm not quite <laughs> sure 
I'm not quite sure how how quizzical that is if we don't have a prize. <laughs> no, this is true. This is true. So, so I'm going to just pop up uh, my screen again. Just a second. Give me. Yeah. We go. And so, I guess this quiz quiz question number one, even though it's not really a question, but um, but I guess you know when we're talking in the world of kind of retention and customer satisfaction, uh, we've got this kind of you know obviously five um, x you know in bold kind of message on the screen here. But I guess what we're wanting to ask guys is, um, is really what you think about 5X is about. Um, so let me just launch this question. So we, wanna, we, want your kind of, uh, we want your kind of feedback here. So when we're talking about sort of 5X, you know, in the context of customer satisfaction, what does that, what does that actually mean? You know, when we kind of relate this to business. Um, so yeah, guys, send, send in, send in, Send in whatever you think that means. Do you think it's that you need to spend five times the amount of customers to make them happy? Do you feel the cost of acquiring a new customer is 5X for cost of retaining an existing one? Or do you think the final answer, customers are five times more likely to refer you to another company if they're satisfied with your business? Excellent, so we've got some answers coming in there. Cool, we'll keep that running for another kind of five or 10 seconds or so. Yeah, five X isn't uh, isn't the number of extra grey hairs that you have during COVID, right? I better tell you how it actually might be. <laughs> Again, <laughs> if uh, there was an image of me that was out there recently, uh, thanks yeah. to a, uh, thanks to the bio of ADO, and um, yeah, I got some positive feedback. Let's say on that. <laughs> thanks, guys. So let, let's end that poll there. And um, interesting. Let me share the results. So most people have gone with um, with the last answer, which is customers are five times more likely. And actually, I'm going to be honest with you, that might be that might be completely might be true. true. We did <laughs> just make However, it up, though. We did we did just make that one up. The one that the one that um, let's let's call it the right answer. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure if uh, you know if there was more than one. But but I mean, the point here was actually that the cost of acquiring a new customer is five times the cost of retaining the existing one. There's a lot of data about this out there. Um, I think Gartner have uh, released some data yeah. on this. Salesforce have, uh, I believe HubSpot have. There's, there's so much data that kind of almost relates to exactly that same percentage. And so, um, so I guess that's a really kind of important point, right, Andrew? Because I think, yeah. you know, we, we kind of know that this data exists. And when we talk about it, you know, we still kind of almost look at ourselves or, you know, companies look at themselves and say, well, okay, that's great. And we know that we spend a lot of money, you know, acquiring new customers. But you know, what can we do to kind of retain other ones? And obviously things like customer service and those elements are important. But you know, there was someone I used to work with here a long time ago, and, and one of the things that he used to say is look, if you measure something, something happens, right? Mm. And I guess I guess what was missing, um, and I guess was is a relative kind of newcomer in the kind of technology game. Um, you know, if you kind of consider, you know, say how marketing and sales is involved, is really kind of service measurement, right? We're still used to going into you know, whether it's a restaurant or, or, you know, going somewhere and kind of filling out bits of paper. Um, yeah. And I know it's changed in, in many cases, but, you know, that still happens, right? And so yeah. you need, it kind of hasn't almost evolved in the, at the same speed or in the same way as, um, you know, as other kind of forms of, I'd say, you know, marketing or feedback or, or customer interaction, I'd say, right? Yeah, and a lot of a lot of this customer feedback or, or, or kind of, you know, satisfaction is, is almost done on a public forum. So, you know, if, if there's no ability to actually give your feedback constructively to an organization, they tend to jump on social, um, you know, and, and kind of will have a, either a positive or negative 
um, you know, feedback from a customer satisfaction perspective, or maybe a review site. Um, you know, there's a, obviously a lot out there. So you, you, if you don't have a mechanism in place to at least kind of understand how your customers are feeling about their experience, uh, you know, you, and I'd say that almost in the B2B space, uh, that, that obviously lags a bit behind as well. I think we, in the B2C space from a consumer perspective, when you're looking at, you know, perhaps a restaurant or, uh, you know, retail experience, um, a lot of the time that, that there is that customer feedback and an opportunity to collect data. Um, whereas in the B2B space, as you said, the technology hasn't really been pushed in that space. Yeah. And actually, I think what's happened as a, as a kind of consequence of maybe technology not being at the same pace of maybe the demands of a, uh, the consumer is that's where, that's where these review sites are really kind of, you know, they've almost had an open playing field, right? Yeah. So if you look at, you know, your trip advisors for the hotel industry and the restaurant industry, where else were people going to give their feedback? Because again, I'm yeah. not sure, you know, I guess, you know, customer feedback's obviously always been important, but if, if companies aren't providing that ability for their clients to give them that feedback, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, a customer just wants to, and, and, and I think TripAdvisor a long time ago, and have for many years have said, actually, they get more positive reviews than they do negative reviews. Yeah. Right. And so it's not just about, you know, having a mechanism where people are, you know, wanting to complain or a forum for that, right? Um, you know, but I, I feel as if, you know, that's been that big divide. So, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to the next question. And guys, we're not going to do this the whole way through, but I, I, uh, I, think, it's, I think it's fun. I'm not sure you guys all agree, but um, right. So I'm just going to, here we go. So the next number on the screen here is 84%. And we'll give you a little bit of hint for this one. So this is actually Salesforce data that we've taken this one specifically. So again, guys, um, next question. Um, in, in, let me launch it. In the context of, customer satisfaction, what does that 84% relate to? And is it A, 84% of clients value the experience uh, with a company as much as the product or service that they actually deliver to that client? Uh, B, clients believe that a supplier is only honest 84% of the time. Um, there's some text missing there, I think. But, or is it C, 84% of clients repurchase if they're happy with the service provided? Great. Yeah, some... so 84% of... Um... What percentage of Andrew's face covered in hair? It's not that. It's not that. I, I was super tempted to actually put that in, if I'm honest with you. But um, <laughs> there we go. I'll leave that running for a few more seconds, guys. So if you, if you do want to participate, please. Uh, I, I quite yeah, like at the moment. Speak, Obviously, so. we can see we can see some of these results kind of burning through yeah. at the moment. And uh, I, I like the honesty play. Uh, zero have chosen clients believe that a supplier is 84% honest, 84% of the time. Yeah, which is because we're because that's a hundred percent, right? So exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. So, so actually, here you go, guys. Um, you know, as you can see, so most of you have said um, 84 percent of clients repurchase if they are happy with the service provided. Again, that could be true, Andrew. <laughs> so that was um, <laughs> we we needed to make our false. We found a fatal uh, flaw in our in our quiz. <laughs> But we're actually, <laughs> to be fair, the, the answer that we're providing is obviously from credible sources. So it's not just myself and Amit yeah. cooking up the answers. This, in this case, is directly from Salesforce, uh, previously yeah. from Gartner. So it's actually, yeah, 84% of clients value the experience for the company as much as the product or service. Um, which, which I think, and actually, I, I love the fact that, 
I mean, to be honest, when I, I heard that for the first time recently, again, while we were kind of looking at, you know, some data for the show prep. Yeah. And, um, and again, we, we kind of, when we look at things like that, you know, that, that's not an obvious answer, right? No, um, no. You know, obviously when you're buying a product or service, you care about a product or service. Um, but that Salesforce data, which comes from thousands of different sort of, you know, survey results, I think is really interesting. And I think it's that experience, right? And I think that comes down to maybe supplier intent, right? If, you, yeah. if you're a supplier and you're actually genuinely are providing a really good experience, perhaps the results aren't potentially there, but every part of your process um, and your sort of customer interaction is really positive, then, um, then I feel as if, you know, as a customer, you value that, right? You know, yeah, I think even, I I, I, yeah, go on. And I was going to say, you don't, you don't, you know, potentially sit there, you know, waiting for somebody to make a mistake, right? Uh, you know, I think you kind of almost assume that stuff happens, but, but it, as long as I think a, com a company's genuine, you know, the people that you're interacting with are genuine and, and, you know, like I said, the, you know, positive intent is there. Um, it's interesting. I feel that, you know, it's powerful, but I think it actually makes a lot of sense when you kind of look at it like that. Yeah, I mean, it may be kind of that analogy if you if you go to a restaurant and, you know, the service experience, the customer experience was incredible and the, the food was okay. I mean, you, you'd probably like to give it another chance versus if you've got an incredible food and the service was terrible, you probably wouldn't go back. Um, yeah, true. Unless true, it's a true. French restaurant because there's always terrible service in French restaurants, but that's just amazing. part of it. <laughs> amazing. We, you know, we, have, uh, we have two viewers from France. You do know that, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Maybe that's it. Just okay. put that out there. There's a brilliant, there's a brilliant uh, advert at the moment that uh, there's a kind of all the French sommeliers that are tasting this new sparkling wine, um, and they're all speaking in French, and it's all the bubbles, the aroma, and everything. And then the last guy goes, "Where's it from?" And they go, "England." And he goes, "Angleterre," and just throws it. <laughs> Quite funny. <laughs> awesome. So guys, I think, I think, you know, we've kind of spoken about, um, you know, obviously the, the important of kind of, you know, referrals and reviews and, and you know, positive, um, you know, customer feedback and customer satisfaction and the impact of that. I think we, um, I think let's kind of dive into how HubSpot can support this process, Andrew. Um, yeah. And again, I'm going to switch back over to, uh, switch back over to a slide here. But, you know, let, let, let's talk about kind of, again, HubSpot's journey with the service hub. So, you know, as you can kind of see on your screens here, you know, HubSpot have a lot of different features and we've gone through the marketing piece, we've gone through the sales and the CRM piece over the last couple of weeks. If you haven't watched those videos, they're, they're on the website. But, you know, service, I guess here, you know, from a HubSpot perspective is, um, you know, is kind of, you know, HubSpot's newest member of the family, right? Yeah. And I guess, I guess you can tell that from the fact that there's only, you know, very limited kind of options that are in the platform on the back of it. But, but we've been using this uh, actually from day one. So, so, you know, again, I think from a Nexa perspective, we, we kind of understood the value of retention, um, but service measurement, especially in that kind of B2B, you know, B2B sector is really kind of challenging, right? And, and I yeah. think as soon as HubSpot, you know, announced that there was now a product that kind of helped us, um, you know, we wanted to explore it. And, and actually the journey has been really good. So we want to kind of share some of that with you guys as well. But, you know, when we kind of um, look at this and one of, one of the features, and we've used this from time to time, um, you know, HubSpot have looked at the ticketing feature and said, okay, we need to do ticketing with a difference. Um, but when I, can, when I even mention things like ticketing, Andrew, what's your, you know, what kind of comes to mind when you think about, you know, online tickets or website tickets and 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think people kind of, you know, naturally move to that, you know, perhaps a more of a tech-based environment um, where there's something wrong with something um, or you're, you're obviously, you know, want to go online and you speak to somebody and you raise a ticket um, and then obviously, you know, it, it's very web-based, let's say. Um, you yeah. would go to a dedicated space, raise a ticket, sit back. Um, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, domains, emails, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it feels, I'd say, prior to knowing obviously what this has to offer, that was very much the thought process yeah. for ticketing. Yeah, and I think, I think that's, that's exactly the point because I think in, in the kind of tech world that we're in, we're very used to ticketing systems. Yeah. Um, you know, bug reporting, all that kind of stuff, you know, where, where you need a mechanism to go back and tell. I mean, HubSpot got a great ticketing system. Yeah. But when we, uh, and I think what HubSpot were, were smart here is when they looked at ticketing as a concept, they said, well, actually, this isn't just about you know, reporting issues or reporting bugs. You know, this might be somebody who's uh, mentioned something on social media, right? Whether yeah. it's Twitter or LinkedIn, you know, they might have mentioned something that might need some attention. And, and what this kind of um, system does is almost, I think the nice part of it is that it's not called ticketing, right? I think it's the way they kind of defined it is that actually this is, you know, perhaps a, an action that needs addressing right, or, or yeah. some sort of input from a customer that needs addressing. And what they've done is they've, you know, made it really easy for anyone within an organization, which I think is important, but anyone within an organization itself to raise an internal ticket. Okay, so if you're looking after the social media and someone kind of, you know, mentions that there's a negative comment or whatever, you know, you can just create an internal ticket and, you know, you're maybe your customer success team, see that ticket and then, you know, can obviously respond to, to whatever that issue was. Yeah. Um, but I think what I've also done is, you know, you can use this product again as a customer facing ticket as well, right? And if you look at how banks work today, if you phone your bank and have an issue, uh, you know, with, with something, what they're actually doing is they are actually raising a ticket, even if they're saying, we're gonna look into this and come back to you, yeah, right? Exactly, and this is yeah. exactly what, yeah. so, so, you know, ticketing is that kind of, look, we're gonna kind of look at what, you know, whatever the problem is or whatever the situation is, and we're gonna come back to you. And, and the larger the organization, the harder this becomes to manage, right? So, you know, if you've yeah. got multiple offices in multiple countries, you know, and maybe it's someone in a different country that looks after this specific issue, you know, it's this kind of system that really streamlines that entire process, right? Yeah, and we've seen, we've seen you know, in real cases of clients where <clears throat> customer service engagement has increased as far as the way that I can communicate with you as a brand or a company. So that might be through email, through uh, live chat, through a bot, through email, uh, WhatsApp, etc. Um, but as that's increased, um, the technology inside the organization hasn't necessarily increased or, or caught up with that. Um, so we're actually engaged in a few projects like that at the moment, uh, where we're kind of, you know, trying to uh, pull in all of those conversations, have escalation policies in there, and allow the, the organization to successfully manage that customer, uh, customer feedback. Right, absolutely. I think you, then that's a really important point again that you you know there's so many different avenues now where people can provide feedback. Yeah. You know, I don't think you can just direct people to maybe a phone line now or just a you know a no. website and say right register all of your issues there. No one's going to listen, yeah. right? People yeah, are exactly. only going to use the platforms that they're comfortable with. Mm. No, I think I think I think you do raise a great point. I think the nice part of um, you know what HubSpot have done with this this tool specifically is just for measurement of time. So you know if things aren't handled yep. or managed very efficiently escalation policies and procedures are kind of embedded in this uh, it's all driven by that kind of nice workflows environment that we demoed last week yep. um 
but you all know, linked we, back we, to the CRM. So you have the ability to understand, you know, in a singular uh, pane view, what's happened previously with this customer. Is this basically a customer that has a genuine concern or is it something that they've been, you know, raised previously before and you've resolved, um, you know, you have, you have everything else connected that we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks to, to this service environment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just obviously the fact that you can measure time and, and create some KPIs and metrics yes. around this internally, I think, I think plays a big role in this. Um, the next, the next part of HubSpot's service feature is the surveys. And, and again, I, I absolutely love this because I think this has been a bit of a game changer for us. Um, but, you know, I guess what we wanted to show here is, um, is on HubSpot, it's super easy now to create, you know, different types of surveys. And, and you know, just by clicking on a surveys button, you can now create kind of, uh, you know, measure customer loyalty by creating a net promoter score survey. Uh, if you want to kind of measure quality of customer support or you wanted to see feedback on a specific department or if you just wanted that kind of, you know, smiley face uh, measurement system. Meter. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I should have called it that, right? It's not, it's not called the smiley face thing, right? Sorry. That's okay. That's so, fine. Happiness right. meter. It's, so, I, so it always, anytime I see this, so it reminds me in uh, when you yeah. land in Saudi Arabia, the at immigration, if you remember, there's actually a happiness button in front of you. So... Yeah, I, I, I've never seen anyone brave enough to say that they're unhappy with their experience. <laughs> just as they, just as they landed. Just as they went to the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Um, and then just, I just moved on, just, just to go into like, the NPS side of things as well. Super easy to make uh, an NPS survey, which I think is the difficulty half the time. I think, I've, you know, I don't for a second believe that co any company doesn't want feedback from their customers. I think everyone sort of yeah, values I mean, the importance be, of that. I mean, it might be worth just kind of mentioning from the NPS system, because I know when we first implemented it, I yeah. didn't know what it was. Um, I think sure. a, lot of, a lot of people may not understand what that is. So, okay. I mean, what, what is that really? You know, what, what is the NPS system? And, and obviously, you know, HubSpot make it so easy for you to do this. So, yeah. you know, what is an NPS system? Mate? Sure. So, so I guess um, my simplest way of doing, uh, of describing it, and I'm, and I'm sure everyone's received an email like this, after you've either bought a product or, or received a service. But essentially, you might get an email that pops in that just says, hey, you know, your opinion matters to us. You know, how likely is it that you'd recommend, uh, you know, X, so your company, for example, to a friend yeah. or colleague, right? Yeah. And normally it's a scale of one to 10, uh, sorry, zero to 10, and zero is that you're, you know, not likely to recommend them at all, which means you're, you know, deeply uh, dissatisfied with whatever, yeah. whatever's been provided. Um, and all the way up to a 10 where you're extremely likely to recommend, um, recommend that sort of company or product or service, whatever you acquire. Yeah. Um, and, and what happens here is normally it's one touch, one click, that, that data comes in and then it's normally up to the company what they do with that, right? So if they're tracking yeah. the emails, they'll be able to, you know, respond accordingly. I think what I like about HubSpot's uh, NPS system, and, and if you kind of just look at the screen here, this is genuinely how easy it is to create this kind of survey. Um, is is that a? It's super easy to to create. Okay, you, and from a deployment perspective, you've got multiple options. So whether you want to kind of host that on a web page, whether you want to kind of uh, send it by email, again, you've got the freedom to do that. From a kind of survey perspective, you can sort of customize whichever elements, you know, the subject lines, all of those things, whatever's kind of important to your business. Um, and the feedback is measured in, in, in sort of three very kind of simple areas. So, you know, naught to six score would be a detractor. This is someone who's maybe very unhappy. Uh, a seven to eight is, uh, is someone who's passive. So they're neither 
delighted, nor they're kind of dissatisfied. Maybe they've just got perhaps what they've expected. But a promoter is potentially a customer who's you know deeply satisfied with the process, happy with what's been provided, uh, you know whether it's a product or whether it's a service, and um, you know and, and and they're happy and they want to share that with you. And and then you get a choice of okay, who does a survey need to go to? And the nice thing about I think you mentioned Andrew, this is linked to the CRM. So yeah. if somebody does become a customer, you know they they receive um, you know they receive a survey you know, it, it's quite important to kind of understand at what point they receive that survey, right? Yeah. So, you know, if somebody signs a contract today, you don't want to send them a survey out tomorrow if, if whatever you're delivering takes a week or two months to deliver, right? Yeah. Uh, because they're, gonna, they're not going to have an answer, right? They're neither kind of, you know, here or nowhere. So it's important to kind of align this survey with when services and products are being delivered. Yeah. And the other thing I really like about uh, this system is, um, just the fact that you can now create triggers on the back of those results. And I think, I think we've always, um, you know, I guess, I guess all of us have kind of second guessed what happens to maybe a manual feedback form when it's filled out in a restaurant, you know, and if you're kind of very unhappy, you're that customer that's complained during a meal, um, you know, the food's not been good, the food's been cold, whatever it is. And then, you know, you're hoping that by filling out that sort of customer feedback form, you know, because a manager doesn't happen to be available, that, you know, it hands, it ends up in the right hands, right? And it ends up yeah. in the hands of somebody that can take action on this, right? And come back right. to you and tell you that you're important and that they're, you know, they're perhaps sorry and these were the reasons. HubSpot take all of that manual process out on this. And, um, and what they do is if somebody does give you a, say, naught to six rating, the escalation policy and procedures that are driven on the back of this are, um, are very different to if somebody gives you a nine or a 10. Right. Yeah. And so it can go to different people uh, in our in our company, for example, if it's a nine or a ten, this gets shared internally, it gets shared to the management. But so does the naught to a six, but with the very different kind of messaging triggers and action points, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, and the ni- and the nice part of this is uh, within HubSpot and, and we've been talking about HubSpot being a, an open system where, you know, anyone in the organization can come in and start looking at data it's that's not the case with a service hub because they do understand that you know sometimes employees may not want people to see data so the service hub is based on a, you know on a very kind of limited license perspective and only those people that really need access to the data can see it um yeah. so again you're protecting the integrity of the organization i guess more than anything else yeah. um with this I, I think also as well i mean it's important to say that 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 it's a multiple touch point that this kind of uh, starts to starts to go out. So the first uh, NPS survey that goes out, obviously, you know, maybe that two months in, but then you still want to understand that uh, is your customer still happy? You know, six months down the road. So again, this this is used. There's that consistent uh, zero to ten, um, and you can kind of then start to measure. You know, perhaps if you had a bit of a shaky start and you see an improvement, or perhaps if you kind of um, you know started really well. And you've continued to go well or if you've dropped off um yeah. just that element of consistency just allows you to to make some decisions obviously yeah and and i guess what i i think what's what's interesting here as well we've, we mentioned this at the start of the show but you know that kind of b2b b2c perspective yeah um, I, I guess nps has been used predominantly by b2c companies until now right i mean yes i think yeah yeah and I think HubSpot, for me, were amongst the first who said, actually, no, this needs to be B2B as well as B2C. I mean, a customer is a customer, irrespective of, you know, what side of the fence yeah. they kind of lie on, I guess, right, Andrew? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think the, um, 
obviously the interesting the interesting factor is as well that to a certain extent the individuals that are perhaps um, implementing the sale or the actual product or service are different from the person that may have recommended the sale the experience might be different it may be different personnel that are handling that as well so you know you get a you get a true understanding of of where things are at um, you know, and obviously there's, there's other deciding factors associated to this. We take the NPS score into consideration, um, the communication prior to that point with the organ, with the individual, um, and the organization, obviously. So I think, um, you know, and, and I think the nice thing here, as you, you've mentioned is just, that it's, it's so easy. Um, yeah. you know, they, they've created this a lot, a, a lot like the other elements of HubSpot, they've made it so intuitive. Um, and they, and they pretty much thought of. I wouldn't say everything, but but it's it's difficult to fault them as far as things that are missing, um, yeah. and and then if there are things that perhaps there are, there's a gap, there's that whole ecosystem that can be plugged in. Um, so obviously that that is important to to look at as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure part of their thinking. I don't think they've ever published this. Is how do you kind of create a system that requires the least amount of IT involvement as possible, right? Hmm. So again, you know, yeah. so you've got different departments that can really kind of look after you know, important parts of the business that they are responsible for without kind of, you know, having shared accountability with others, I guess, you know, and I think that's, that's such an important part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm just going to move on to the next bit, Andrew, because I want to have some time for some Q and a after, but again, we, we spoke about the NPS side of it. Um, another feature within, within HubSpot is, um, is the, so the smiley happiness index. I found a hybrid of your version of mine. Similar kind of thing, guys. So, you know, again, super easy to create these. And I think where this is important or interesting, I guess, is where you'd use it, right? So you wouldn't typically use this if someone's bought a product or service, um, but if they've engaged with your business in a, maybe perhaps different area, right? If, if it's maybe the response to a ticket, right? Or, or some sort yeah. of feedback. I think that's where something like this becomes useful. And Andrew, you mentioned that use case of, um, you know, Saudi immigration when, you know, someone's perhaps keeping an eye on what you're pressing. Um, yeah. But this isn't designed to be like that, right? This is, this is again, very much designed to uh, really kind of provide insights and data to an organization about specific parts of their process, right? Yeah, exactly. And if, I mean, I think the thing is that when it does come to potentially, you know, a support mechanism when there are issues that are being raised, um, the speed of something being resolved, for example, uh, the overall experience, the overall handling. I mean, I think um, uh, one of the companies that, that, I mean, really goes into real depth with this, I think is the Amazon Care. Um, if, if any of you have kind of had the misfortune to, and I'd say Amazon Care in the US, so I'm not sh quite sure about here, but definitely in the US, the, the, the kind of the support and customer service, a lot of it is obviously based on data, like a lot of part of their other part of the business. Um, so they're continually kind of making sure that you're happy and whatever you've raised has been resolved. Um, yeah. You know, and, and obviously a lot of these tech focused companies have had access to these tools actually for many years. So if you look at, you know, some of the other big players like PayPal and perhaps some of the other services that, that you're talking about monetary transactions online, um, they've been available, but what HubSpot's been able to do now is make it available to everybody. So, you know, pretty quick, you can start to understand not only from an NPS system. So as far as a customer experience onboarding or, you know, making sure that you're retaining them and, and, and kind of working with them, but also other elements of the business, um, that they may interact with, how, how happy are they? Right. 
um, yeah. you know, as, as, as far as the engagement uh, there. Yeah, and I think, I think look, there's, there's an important uh, difference, I guess, between, again, HubSpot's happiness survey um, compared to, compared to uh, you know, the, the kind of independent little machines that you see, you know, from place yeah. to place nowadays, right? And, and I'm glad it kind of stops here on the screen because, again, similar to NPS, what you can now start to do is escalate different actions on the back of it, right? Exactly. So again, you know, if you're using this within digital tools, um, like your website, maybe like your, uh, you know, you know, your kind of maybe ticketing system or whatever it is, the fact that somebody can respond by email or, you know, wherever this is published can link back into your CRM. So if you do get yeah. somebody who does press the unhappy button, you can now start to kind of, again, escalate this, right? You know, again, go to your customer success team, get them to perhaps, you know, speak to this person. But that key point is that we know who the, the individual is. Whereas yeah. where, you where you find these in isolated systems, I mean, I always, I, I just ignore these now, if I'm honest with you, whether I'm kind of happy or dissatisfied, purely because what's going to happen on the back of it, you know? So yeah. no one's going no to reach out to me and say, by the way, I saw that you pressed that red button, you know, and we're really kind of sorry. You know, that just yeah. doesn't happen. So, um, you know, I, I think that's why I quite like how HubSpot have done this as opposed to, um, you know, again, some of those kind of independent systems, which may just give general, general kind of sentiment analysis, right? Okay, are people generally happy or, or maybe unhappy? But again, how do you make those people that are unhappy, happy? You can't, right? You've lost that opportunity because you don't know who they are. Very true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a, you know, there's, as you said, I think it falls into the sentiment side of things. So if you've got 100 people walking through your door, you know, 90 of them are unhappy, obviously you've got a bit of an issue, but you don't necessarily know who those unhappy people are. So are they yeah, the and, people that are always yeah. unhappy or, you know, you have no data on them. So yeah. at least this way, there's a way to manage, track, interact, and, and take the opportunity to act on it. Um, that's what it gives you. Yeah, and, and I think the next part of that is, okay, fine, you're unhappy, but what were you unhappy about? Right. Exactly. Was it, was it, yeah. was it the process? Was it the person who you were dealing with? Um, yeah. You know, these, these things are important and, and, you know, yeah. like I said, you can get a gauge. Okay. Some, you know, I guess the only gauge you're getting is somewhere along the line, something's broken or not working. That's right. Yeah. But then exactly. you've still got to go and figure it out. So you're losing, you're losing potential time, annoying potentially more cost, uh, customers um, by not really being able to kind of, you know, drill down and understand why, you know, and I think that's yeah. quite, that's quite important. Um, again, how HubSpot do this, um, and again, I feel I think we'll see a nice kind of application of this. And this is this is really in that kind of last part of um, HubSpot's service hub. Um, and this is this is a knowledge base. And do you want do you want to kind of talk about this for a second, Andrew, just to give people a kind of uh, insight into what really a knowledge base is? Yeah, sure. So I think that obviously, um, as you start to collect data and as you start to understand a bit more about, you know, what what is it your your customers or your clients actually want, what are the answers they need? Um, HubSpot have made it very easy to, to allow you to you know, decipher that yourself. Um, so by kind of having this knowledge base, you're building exactly what it says, a knowledge base of answers effectively. Um, so that may be, and we'll see in a minute on, on how HubSpot do this as far as, you know, what are you looking for? Are you trying to do X, are you trying to do Y? Um, and also you can use this data and the answers and the responses that people put in to determine, is there any gaps? 
um, perhaps in, 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 you know, something that you're providing from a product or service. So I think, um, you know, it, it, the knowledge base itself is, is, a, is a platform that grows. So as you grow, it grows as well. Yeah. And, and again, I think just, just to show you, I mean, this screenshot's purely there just to show you that, again, anyone in a company can just build a knowledge base using HubSpot's yeah. tools. You know, it's again, very kind of non-IT focused. Um, Andrew, you refer to HubSpot's knowledge base. And again, if you guys haven't seen this before, this is quite good to see. So, you know, again, it's, it's a web page. It's a web page that kind of sits on your website domain. Um, yeah. And really it can be that kind of, you know, help, help depository, uh, or repository, sorry. And if you've got, you know, and I think something like a knowledge base is really handy for, you know, maybe the types of businesses that have multiple types of customers. Yeah. So do you, you know, do you deal with merchants? Do you deal with end users? Um, you know, whatever that kind of looks like. But if, if you perhaps spend a lot of your time, um, you know, dealing with the kind of uh, questions that can be answered by, you know, having this available, this information kind of available and easily found, that's where, that's where, uh, you know, you know, this kind of system really, really has an impact, right? And yeah, just from that efficiency the, perspective. Yeah, the customer service team can also refer back to the knowledge base. So this is a great tool um, for, for them to, you know, implement from a, from a kind of feedback perspective. This is also can be implemented into things like bots. So if you're kind of out of office hours, as it were, you can direct people um, to this knowledge base and, and hopefully they may be able to answer, um, answer some, some question uh, previously. I mean, that, that's, that's a big, um, I think from a customer service perspective, that's actually a big ask, uh, especially, especially in this part of the world. Um, but they, but they like to try and, you know, allow you to solve the problem yourself. Um, yeah. If it's a problem that's known or, or a seat, an issue that, you know, individuals uh, perhaps get caught up on uh, again, it's, I mean, you know, when it comes straight away, for example, when, um, you know, when, when COVID first hit, uh, we wanted to start implementing and integrating not only like the, the, the webinar that we're doing now, we want to integrate zoom with our HubSpot. So we went straight away to kind of knowledge base, the forum. Okay, who's done this before? It was relatively new as well. So it's kind of interesting to get the different feedback. Uh, but we used that knowledge base, um, you know, to, to, to find out. Um, I mean, thankfully, we've got Zara in our team as well, who's effectively our mini knowledge database. Uh, so, this so, but is, this uh, is true. we also, this is true. yeah, we also have HubSpot knowledge base. Yeah. But even, even Zara is not available 24 seven. So that's where this comes in. Handy. Sadly. Yeah. We need to, to try and fix that. Yeah. But I think, I think the key part of this is just that efficiency side of it. So, you know, yeah. by, by getting it, you know, your knowledge base accurate, by getting it right, um, you know, you're potentially saving, you know, saving time, not just for you, but you know, for that customer as well, right? That client. Sure. And, and I yeah. think, you know, that's such an, it's a commodity that none of us kind of, you know, have too much spare of. So, um, I think the ability to, you know, to be able to kind of provide an answer very quickly, I think is really key. Did you yeah. notice on the uh, bottom right hand corner there, Andrew, the, um, the meter. happiness meter. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and, and they use this across their site. I'm sure you guys, if you've been yeah. on a HubSpot website, you'll see this, but essentially all they're asking here is, did you find what you were looking for? And, yeah. um, and I managed to, I managed to find, um, some data related to this and this is really nice. So, so this is again from HubSpot's own data. But essentially, this is where, um, you know, those kind of, you know, the green face or the red face or whatever it is, this is where this kind of starts to um, play a role in understanding whether you're doing a good job or not, right? And in, in HubSpot's case, you know, if we go back to that last example, they want to know, was this page useful? Did you find what you were looking for? 
and and by having this kind of helpful rating and unhelpful rating i think it gives them really good insights you know so for example you know it looks like here a lot of people have found some of that content unhelpful and there's direct actions on the back of it right so perhaps you need yeah. to modify that content perhaps you need to create new content you know whatever that kind of looks like so just a kind of kind of like nice use case that i think everyone kind of you know can can relate to um you know in terms of okay what does this data really mean i, I think um i think you hit it there uh, because what we've been speaking about a lot over the last three weeks is data you know what what this really gives you is it gives you an inclusive view of that entire customer experience um so you know this last kind of piece of the puzzle um, that we've ran through today is is really you know almost taking us back right at the beginning of the journey again so when you have that initial interaction um, as a prospect uh, potentially to work with their organization and you're now right at the very end here and you're now a customer and you either want to celebrate being a customer or you perhaps want to have a bit of a moan um, about the experience customer you know HubSpot has you covered in that sense um, yeah. so it's it's you know I think um, a couple of times this week, I've spoken to a few organizations where they currently have a Frankenstein setup, you know, and by that we mean, obviously, there's, you know, a kind of CRM over here, there's, there's a marketing automation here, there's a service component here, and, and, and for years, they've been trying to kind of effectively squeeze it all together, um, you know, and there's challenges in that, and there's cost as well. Um, you know, when you're looking at kind of a cost center as far as paying over here, licenses may be running at different times um, and usage obviously may, may, may differ as well over time. So I think the, the beauty of this HubSpot system and the reason we kind of wanted to do this three part series was to really show that that inclusive model. Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think that's uh, I mean, you've, you've summarized it perfectly, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've actually, we do have some questions, Amit. We do, we do. Actually, I want to, before that, we, I think Rebecca makes a really good point. So, um, so guys, send some questions in. We're going to deal with a few that, that have already come in. Uh, okay. Rebecca made a point earlier, which I, which I felt is, makes so much sense. And she said, look, I totally agree with this. When we talk about a brand and revenue, it's not just about the look and feel of a communication. It's every touch point of a brand that leads to revenue. I believe every department has a role to play in this. And you're absolutely right, Rebecca. You know? And I think, I think the companies that really kind of understand this are the ones who are much better positioned, um, you know, to, to, to really kind of implement this, right? And, and yeah. they're the ones I'm for sure that are, you know, providing the best possible sort of customer service. Um, and, I, and I think these kind of measurement tools are, are really important in that process. And, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, there's people who are very, you know, who are not customer facing, but play just as, stronger role in the yeah. satisfaction of a client than someone who is customer facing right um yes. you know and, and again the, it's these kinds of tools that, that really kind of make a difference but yeah thanks for that rebecca great great point and yeah, do you want to pick, the, pick a question we, we kind of bashed it people a bit in the past and said that hubsort doesn't really enjoy the relationship with it but i guess it's almost like that it role where you know they don't really get much praise when uh, when the internet's on and, and kind of everything's working and humming away but Obviously, as soon as something cracks, they, they, they kind of, you know, feel the full force of the organization um, to, to get things right. So, yeah, I mean, this, this allows you just to, to track everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, cool. Do you want to pick another pick a question? We've got a few here, Andrew. Yeah, so I guess uh, some, of these, uh, some of these are more about HubSpot, which is fine, um, as, a, as, a, as opposed to 
Um, the the uh, some question here will answer straight away. So what's the name of the software used for tickets? So it's HubSpot. I think um, if, uh, if if you missed the, the beginning there or uh, basically HubSpot, uh, the service element is part of the uh, part of the software licensing option. So they, they split these out into marketing, sales, service, and now they have a CMS as well. Um, a web a web solution as well. So those are broken out into different licenses and you have the ability to take all of those licenses within something called a growth suite or you can individualize those licenses and use them as time uh, time permits as well. So that's from, from Raj. Um, and then also here, I think, how can thinking your business as a flywheel uh, improve between sales and marketing? Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we touched upon this last week actually where we pulled up that um, flywheel to um sorry from funnel to flywheel we, we spoke about this last week and the fact that as much as um you know the guys over there brian and damesh spoke about the flywheel a few years ago we still think that that funnel is is still relevant i guess from a from a flywheel perspective really the point to take away from that is it's frictionless so as long as there is limited or or zero friction within the sales marketing service process from a customer perspective um, the less friction, the more enjoyable the experience. Um, you know, we, we didn't quite touch upon this. Uh, we touched upon it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But if you look at some of the industry disruptors, you know, like uh, the likes of, uh, you know, Casper, the, the kind of mattress people where you don't have to go to a showroom now and publicly lie on a bed, um, you know, to, to kind of test a mattress, you can get it um, you can get it. Uh, you can get it in 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 uh, through the post, uh, frictionless. You can order it, and it's got a hundred day sleep guarantee. Sleep on it for a hundred nights, and then return it if you don't want. So I think obviously there's just less friction uh, there. You want to take the yeah. next one, Amit? Yeah, sure. Um, and we didn't plant this, guys. I promise you. So um, so Ashraf's asked. Uh, we don't have a CRM yet. If we want to go for one, being in B two B, what would you recommend? Is it Salesforce or HubSpot? Yeah to cover sales as well as marketing and why uh, look we we've um I, i'll tell you our experience again so so before we um you know basically partnered with hubspot we we tried all of these platforms and and it really comes down to i guess who's going to use it within an organization and also perhaps even what you're going to be using it for and in our experience yeah user friendliness was such a big uh, point um, and that was one of the key decisions as we why, why we went to HubSpot because you know my vision was that everyone within our, our organization will be using HubSpot so if I don't have a user-friendly system um, it's going to be very difficult for people to do that yeah. also if you're looking at CRM then specifically you're probably dealing with salespeople and salespeople perhaps want to spend as less time on the CRM as possible. In fact, they probably want to spend no time on the CRM. That's right. but if you go back to our CRM episode, um, we showed that actually a salesperson doesn't have to live in HubSpot's CRM environment at all. You know, judge directly from their email inbox, they can copy things, you know, directly into HubSpot. They get yeah. notified, you know, if somebody opens their email, notified if someone's opens a proposal, whatever, whatever it looks like. So they actually don't even need to go into the CRM to make use of the system. So. So for me, uh, HubSpot is probably the easiest system to implement. I think it's certainly one of the most cost effective to implement. Um, but the nice part of it is um, you don't have to take our word for it. HubSpot offer a free CRM that allows you to kind of really, you know, mm -hmm. test whether, whether we're, what, you know, what we're saying is, is true or not. So, you know, feel free to go onto the website, download a free 
uh, or create an account on a free CRM and start using it. And I think you'll get an idea of how user-friendly it is. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. also just from a comparative standpoint, it's interesting. So there's been a kind of um, agreement between Salesforce, uh, almost like a borderline gentleman's agreement that they wouldn't kind of necessarily talk or compete against each other. Uh, but that the shackles are off a couple of months ago. So now you'll find a lot of articles, even on HubSpot, um, you know, but even independent sites, obviously, um, talking about the, the kind of main differences. And again, as I mentioned, it depends where you are in the organization. Um, but, you know, the reason that um, HubSpot is brought in comparison to Salesforce now is because it has an enterprise layer solution. Um, so it can be from that kind of solopreneur all the way up to enterprise uh, enterprise levels. So yeah. I think there's there's a lot out there. G2 have got a good comparative site if you just want yeah. to kind of make real comparisons. Um, or as I mentioned, I mean, jump on, uh, get yourself a, an account or reach out to myself or Amit and just uh, we can organize for a, a, a kind of demo to show you uh, exactly the, the, the kind of fun elements associated to it. I think what's important is if you do go back to the sales um, trilogy that we uh, mentioned previously, we talk a lot about the features that we find quite cool. Um, so pretty much CRM is much muchness. You know, they're all pretty similar. They do what they're supposed to do, track customers and, and kind of help you understand and forecast sales. Uh, but there's some unique things associated to HubSpot that I think really add value. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, guys, if you've got any more questions, send them through. I've got one here again from Rebecca. Uh, what's next for HubSpot? Where do they see the market progressing and how, um, how will they kind of move with it? Um, so actually the truth of the matter is um, we probably can't reveal too much because we're under NDA as well. So, but mm. what I do know is that they are, uh, there's about 400 plus developers working on HubSpot's platform at any one time. Um, I think that number might even be even bigger now, but what they will be doing is for sure adding more features onto marketing, uh, service and sales. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the most recent feature launch or product launches, um, actually there's two, right? Let's, let's talk about, I'll talk about the first one, Andrew, you talk about the second, but they recently launched um, account-based marketing within the marketing product. Um, so within the marketing yeah. software now, account-based marketing, which is, uh, you know, phenomenal as a strategy if, you know, if, if you're a B2B business or perhaps even selling sort of high ticket um, B2C products. Yeah. Um, but they've now created a whole new system within HubSpot that allows you to really understand the connectivity of people within an organization as they make buying decisions. And, and account-based marketing really kind of is that, that kind of mechanism that brings all of that together. If you've got any questions on that, let us know. Um, but Andrew, the other second product which I launched uh, a few weeks back was the uh, CMS, right? Do you yes. want to, you want to yeah. Yeah, tell the guys about that? Yeah, yeah. So there's obviously been an offering um, in the past as, as far as you can build your website in a HubSpot environment. Um, but I think what the, the real kind of launch of the new CMS is the, the, the two options now. Um, so you, you, you kind of, they never really approach the enterprise layer um, I'd say space. So when you look at things like Sitecore, uh, Sitefinity, some of the large con um, headless kind of CMS environments, which are, you know, personalized content driven uh, as far as the web experience. Um, uh, and they launched that enterprise layer at a price point, which is dramatically uh, lower than, than, than what's out there at the moment. So I'd say that they've really polished 
um, that, that kind of CMS offering. Whereas in the past, perhaps go back three, four years, it was almost like um, an afterthought, oh, we should do this. Um, but now it's, it's kind of core to, to their activity. I mean, I think the interesting thing about HubSpot is that there's two things that, that really astound me as far as you know, new features, innovation. One is that they, they do listen to the community. So there's a large community now using HubSpot. And what they do is they, you know, as far as moderating forums or communities, they listen to feedback. They, you know, it'd be great if I could do this. It'd be great if I could do this. So even the, the some of the recent things that we can't really talk about in, in the sales component, but that's kind of now, as they're moving into more enterprise layer, um, there's, there's, there's some interesting dynamics that are being released there. And that's all based on feedback. I mean, I remember, sitting in in a in a closed session at a partner's uh, session a year ago and actually hearing a question uh, around kind of object handling in sales and and they kind of answered that and built out and they almost they almost release things without telling you as well um there's kind of there's kind of fun bits i think we've we, usually what happens in a sales meeting we will sit there and go oh hold on a minute i think uh, has anyone tried the new the new beta version of the pipeline and how it looks and you know so they they I'd say that it's a very progressive community and they're continually trying to update and, and kind of be innovative as well in their approach. Yeah. And I think the, the user friendliness side is something that they can uh, constantly work yeah. on. I, I just want to, yeah. I just want to just roll back very quickly to the CMS. This uh, I've, I've actually now built out a site, um, two sites using the new CMS just because I wanted to kind of play around with it and see what the difference was. I mean, I'm, I'm not a website builder. Obviously, we've got we've got a team of people who are yeah, much, are. much better. You've got two websites. It's true. I, I can now be a website developer. You're right. Um, but um, it was phenomenal. So the first website, and it was and it was it was literally imagine building a kind of if you both of you have used Wix and things like that. Uh, imagine building a Wix site where it's kind of drag and drop. You know, you need a video, no problem. You just drag in the video module. You need, you know text you need a form you need all of that stuff very very intuitive um the difference with a wix site and something like this though is the data that's behind it so you basically by just building a site and i, it, I you know it was, it was a 10 page website but literally took me a day and a half and um and that that website from day one started pulling in all the data and insights that you just would never expect from a website that's taken a day and a half to build so so, you know, again, it's something very, very cool. I think that's a future. Um, and, you know, if you, if you want a demo of that, for example, if you're looking to get your website redone, I'd, I'd really kind of urge you to look at, you know, the new HubSpot CMS because it's mind-blowingly good. So, uh, yeah, just, just my kind of experience there. But, uh, Andrew, I think, we, I think we should possibly wrap up there. We've got a few more questions, guys. But I think, um, yeah, I think it's been a good show. We're, we're almost on time, which is nice. For first. <laughs> for first. Um, so yeah, so guys, thank you very much again for um, you know for your time today. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. We we honestly value you know the fact that you guys do that every week. We always see new faces, we always see guys who've uh, watched previously and, and you know have come back for some more. Um, so yeah, thank thank you very much. We're we're very kind of humbled by that. And um, and yeah, we look forward to seeing you again. Any yeah, we're going to be, um, I think later on today, we'll kind of release, uh, release what we're talking about next week. Um, but yeah. that kind of pulls in the trilogy. And as Amit mentioned, we've uh, now got all of the shows up, not only on our own site, but up on YouTube. 
Um, so you can throw us a subscribe or you can jump in and uh, have a look at the, the YouTube offering, uh, the website offering as well. So they're all there to kind of go back and, uh, and kind of pull in on. So yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. So Perfect. I've actually enjoyed that. Here you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my 11 year old watches today. You're going you're gonna to say you how, need to watch this. Yeah, just to show how interesting service measurement really is. That's it. Yeah. Actually, to <laughs> be fair as well, I mean, guys, we get comments and questions and they all come in. So that's why sometimes you can see our eyes going a bit, getting a bit, a bit distracted. Um, but, but what's nice is that actually this, this, might be, uh, this might be one of the most popular kind of thanks. That was great. This was good. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's, there's value there. So thank you everyone. Uh, enjoy the rest Thanks, of your guys. day. See you later. All right. Bye. Take care.